Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara and Garrett Price. My pet shrunk. Oh, there you go. Oh my gosh. It's really tiny iPad. Uh, yeah, it gets the job done. Yeah, my <laughs> wife still loves you, so it's okay. It's all that matters. Um, we're back here. We have a, a interesting show to go over today. One week before we kick off our rookie breakdowns with yes. the quarterbacks start next week. So um, it, it's very exciting. It's also sometimes it's dreaded for how much film uh, I'm forced to watch at this point because it's easy. Like it's weird. Like ever since I had like when we have to do the shows, it's like oh you, you casually watch film. You know, like mm-hmm. oh I get kind of good feel. But when you have to break down to people, you're like you're in depth in a film. You're like all right, I gotta be a week ahead here. So it's like diving into the running backs now for the quarter. It's just, it's a grind. It's a grind. Here we go. It's most of the free time over the next two months or so. Two wait, months. Wait, straight. you guys have free time. <laughs> well, see, that's, what, that's why I always get started a little bit ahead of time. So I do have like, still like a smidge of free time. Ugh. Oh, I'm the worst. I'm the biggest, like when it comes to stuff that I have to do, like I procrastinate all the way up until like the end. It's like, <laughs> I, I have to do this now. I've got <laughs> seven hours to do six hours of work. That sounds like I got a free hour. Free right hour now. in there. Right so, now, um, today, to today's show, we're going to talk about a startup I just did. And we also got some really big news here come up here in a, in a minute. That I can't wait to share with everybody. People that have been listening, like, hey, I, you know, I'm, I don't sign up for sites. I've been thinking about it, but we're about to give you an opportunity to get in here for a disgustingly cheap price. Uh, so, but today's show, we're talking about the, uh, a mock, not a mock draft, an actual draft. An actual draft. Uh, that I just finished today. Yeah. The, the, the draft just actually finished like an hour ago. Uh, so what this draft was, it's something different, kind of an idea I had. And, you know, instead of thinking about it, I just did it. See how it turned out. Just see um, how it goes. Kind of weird how it all went out, but I did a draft, a startup draft, Superflex tight end premium with the nerd herd. And what we did was we included the 23 draft picks. So you could draft one, 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 three, and so on. And we also include the 24 picks. Oof. So 2024, one, 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 two, and so on. Which, which makes it, Especially interesting because we already know that there's some very legitimate headline players in the 24 class. So that's that's what I'm interested to see is like how much did the headliners potentially names that, you know, we, we saw reports today that there's GMs that believe Caleb Williams and Drake May were the best college quarterbacks last year, even better than anybody in this class. So some guys might be saving their picks and things like that. So, you know, with that kind of thought process in mind, where these guys went versus 23 class. I had that thought process in mind, and we're going to talk about it. So it's it's, it's interesting. I'll tell you what, though. Um, it was a lot of fun. And it's the first one I ever did like that, and I really want to do another one. Uh, it was really fun and exciting. So, it, you know, and you had to pay two years in advance. Obviously, if you're not going to have next year's draft class, so it was like $150 league, so everybody paid 300 bucks up front. So it's all, mm-hmm. the, you know, people got their money on the line, and every team took a different approach to it. Uh, I took a really weird approach, but I took a really weird approach on purpose to kind of see how it played out. Mm-hmm. So, and I, and I want to hear your guys' thoughts on it because I, I drafted a team that could literally go either way. And I, and I made sure I set myself up for the future as well with it. So we'll talk okay. about it. Before we do, I got to tell you about our friends, Underdog. If you've heard of Underdog, which I'm sure you have, um, you know exactly how excited I am to partner up with Underdog here. Uh for the foreseeable future. And if you don't, well, 
you need to get hip because get, get on that app. This this is an app that I've literally been using since day one that it launched. It used to it used to have another app called Draft, and mm-hmm. they got bought out by CBS and they trashed it. And they you know they came with Underdog, and I literally use Underdog all the time in the off season, like literally every day. I have a draft going on every day. So what is Underdog? It's a best ball site where you place you go on there. Uh, we focus on football. They have all the other sports you could play. Right. Uh, they have a really cool uh, game going right now where you can only draft rookies and sophomores. Uh, so that's all you can draft in the best ball mm, league. Wow. They had those last year. I had a good time that's doing fun. that as well. So a best ball league, what is that? You just draft your team. Like you have a draft, like a startup draft. It could be one per, it could be three people, one other person, six people, however you want to see fit. And you draft that team, no waivers, no weekly decisions. You, you draft the team and forget about it. It's why I love it because you don't set a starting lineup, right? You don't set a starting, no starting lineup. lineup. So I'll draft my team. Now what I do is I, I join a draft. Once that draft is over, I mm-hmm. join another draft all the way until August. I do this nonstop. Um, they have tons of contests where they have the big, uh, the big tourneys. Uh, our buddy Pat Coran just won the mm-hmm. last one. He won $2 million. Uh, it was crazy that he won that. Congrats to Pat. So, yeah. so happy for him. And so what you do is you could draft a team, which is what we love to do. Rookies are included as well. And then you just let it sit. And, it, and I like to see how it progresses from like now March until August. And I like doing them now because I feel like somebody who plays Dynasty and somebody who knows the rookie class, like I'm ahead Slight of, advantage. of the curve, right? Like yep. of these rookies. So I know where to, you know, everybody's going to grab Bijan early, but you know, hey, I can grab... Uh, Devin A. Chain. I can grab Tank Bigsby before they're even drafted because I like them. I you like know? them. I, I, I know they're players. talented. Yep. So that's what it is. And Underdog lets you draft your fantasy team in just minutes with their slick, easy-to-use mobile app, friendly websites. They offer different kinds of best ball leagues. And all you got to do right now is get on there and download the app. And if you use the promo code NERDS, this is important. You use the promo code NERDS, they're going to double your deposit up to 100 bucks. So if you put in 100 bucks, they'll give you 100 bucks. But wait, there's even more. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Dynasty Nerds and Underdog have come to an agreement where all new Underdog users sign up and they use a promo code Nerds. And all you got to do is put in $10 deposit. And we're going to have a lot of leagues that you can play. Myself, Garrett, and Matt from here to August. We're, gonna, yep. we're actually going to have a new one next week. And every week going forward, we're going to have some best ball drafts for us. $10 drafts. If you go in and you put in $10, you get a free year subscription to dynastynerds.com. A whole year. A whole year. So you get a free sub. Now, what does that entail? When you go, a free sub. The Dynasty Nerds film room. You hear us talk about all these rookies, you know, and you want to watch the film, you get the film room for a year. You get the nerd score. You get, um, you get the Dynasty GM, which is what we talk about all the time. time. That's like a nuke. And and that's coming to an app form and you'll have the Dynasty GM Or sometime this year. And then, of course, you get a bonus podcast. So, like, what a great time, like, when you listen to the show, um, and you say, oh man, like I love their free show, but like, dude, half of the rookies are on the paid, uh, version of the podcast. Cause there's so much to talk about. We can't cover it all. Well, now you can get it $10. So if you've ever listened to the show, you've ever enjoyed the show and you're really curious about what we have the offer right now, all you gotta go to do, do is go to underdogs, put in a $10 deposit, use the promo code nerds, and we will give you a free year. That's, subscription. that's such a good deal because not like not only are we decreasing the cost to join the nerd herd to ten dollars, which normally for a year it's what seventy. Yeah. So down to ten dollars, but it's not like you don't get anything for that ten dollars. You also get to play on Underdog, this fantastic platform where you can win even more money. So you could actually be making money by joining. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's almost like a classic win-win-win. Win-win-win. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's, it's, it's www.uwin.com. So All right. Three wins, <laughs> three W's. So, I mean, it, again, I, and I understand some people like listen to the show and they're like, dude, I'm not paying for subs and I'm not doing this, but this is one thing I could promise. $10 is going to be the best $10 you've ever spent. And then it's our, it's our job after that to keep you sticking around. And I promise once you get in there, you're not going to want to leave. I mean, the film room alone is worth $10. The extra podcast, maybe, you know, if, if you don't like me, whatever, but I'm, I'm here. We're talking rookies. It's a great time this time of year. Um, the nerd score is awesome. And the film room, the film room is worth $70 by itself for the yep. whole year. So we the just had tons tool, of new yeah. tools in there. So check it out. Underdog, get on there, download the app. This is for new users only. If you already have uh, a NerdHerb subscription, uh, it does not count. Uh, this is for people that do not have the email set up with the nerds. So, Underdog, check them out. You guys ready? I'm ready. You ready? Well, my draft? Okay. So, this draft was, like I said, unique. and Unique. I, I went into this draft with a couple things in mind. Like, all drafts. I, I wanted to make us for sure taking a quarterback with my first pick. And I was real okay. tempted, you know, at one five, I knew I was going to have a chat, chance at Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. I have zero shares across all 20 leagues I'm in. I have no shares. Mm-hmm. But it's something I was, I was like, there's still no way. I don't care how good Justin Jefferson is, how good Jamar Chase is. I am not, not taking a quarterback. And okay. I had one five, and I knew I didn't like that pick. I really wanted to like pick one nine, one ten right around there. It was okay. easier for me. But my mindset going into this draft was, okay, with the 24 picks included, I have to be aware of, in a super flex tight end premium draft, like how valuable those picks are. Right. Like 23 picks are valuable too, but we have B. John Robinson on the top, and he's the number one guy, but at the same time, he's still a running back, right? Correct. Next year, Caleb Williams is going to have the 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 buildup of a Trevor Lawrence, right? right? He's going to mm-hmm. be that hyped up. So Correct. that value of your 1-1, and I know I would take Caleb Williams today. If Caleb Williams came out today and Bijan was in the same class, I would take B- Caleb Williams over Bijan Robinson. And Bijan Robinson's going at the end of like round one, high second round of startup drafts. Mm-hmm. So I, I knew I, I want to be in position to grab Caleb Williams. And I said, okay, if worst case, I can't get Caleb Williams. I want to be in position to get Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm-hmm. And then I was talking to Garrett about throughout the process because he knows the 24 class better than I do. And I was, him and I were talking we're like, well, there's Drake May in that class. There's Trevi and Henderson in that class. There's Brock Bowers in that class, mm-hmm. um, who's a super elite tight end. Nice tight end, right? So there's tons of talent in that 24 class nice. as well. And, and who knows who could develop and emerge as well which always happens. So I had to keep that in mind as well. I knew I wanted to come away with a first round pick in both classes. Like mm-hmm. I knew that. So I, I told myself, I was like, I want to have a team that, so my strategy going into this to kind of leave myself in limbo. Cause I knew we were going to talk about this show as well. Mm-hmm. And where to go with it was I want to put myself in position where I knew the record didn't matter this year because explain why it doesn't matter because next year's draft class we're already drafted. So if you exactly. if you finish the worst pick, it doesn't matter if you don't have a draft pick next year because those Absolutely. picks are already selected. So, so if you're the worst team, you don't necessarily get 1-1 because somebody already took 1-1. So I was focused on, okay, let me get a starting lineup and not worry about age in that starting lineup whatsoever and backfill it with like youth. And by youth, I mean unknown youth of like draft picks. Draft capital. And I'll, I'll tell you ahead of time, one thing I missed out is like, I know I really wanted Daniel Jones in this draft class. He was my idea of my second quarterback, and I just missed out on him. I ended up getting sniped multiple times on guys I wanted in this draft and kind of, like, changed things. Well, you were playing with, you know, outside of, like, Matt and I, 
the people that would know how you would draft the best would be the people that listen to your show. Oh yeah, they know what was going on. So, so they, they were prepared. So they, they knew you that you're the president. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll talk it out pick by pick and kind of where it was. And I want to say because there's one pick, my second pick kind of changed the way my whole draft went after that too in my mindset. So I had one five. The first pick went Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and at one five, I thought I was for sure going to get Justin Herbert. Right? Like I thought for sure I was going to get Justin Herbert. So, so Herbert, if Herbert fell to you at five, you're you're definitely staying. You're, pat. You're, you're taking the pick. Right? I'm staying fat. 100%. Like, it was all set. Like, I'm taking Justin Herbert. I'm going to go from there. Right. There's two quarterbacks I really wanted um, at 1-5. It was Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert. Like, I'm a big Trevor Lawrence honk. I think he's an absolute uh, great buy. Uh, what looks like an overpaid today is underpaid tomorrow. That's why I feel mm-hmm. about Trevor Lawrence in his draft class. End of the year, phenomenally. His ball placement, his skill set, who's growing with Doug Peterson. The receipt weapons he's going to have next year is going to be disgusting. So, Herbert went 1-5 or 1-4. It kind of threw me off there. Right, absolutely. That so one it. five, I knew I wanted Trevor Lawrence. Right. And I knew it wasn't really um a, a, that a, wasn't a, a value good, pick. A good pick there. Because I knew Jalen Hurts was the right pick for sure. that. But I'm still not I love Jalen Hurts, but for a startup, he's still not the guy I would put all my eggs in his basket over like Trevor Lawrence, personally. Okay. I was willing to take him if I couldn't move back to you know, mm-hmm. but I, I wanted my guy. So I ended up moving back to just two spots to move up two spots in the second um, th- to get my guy traded back. So Jalen hurts does go at one five. Justin Jefferson goes at one six. So I'm at one seven. So I traded back w- there to move up a little bit in the second round. And it's a good thing I did mm-hmm. uh, to get who I wanted. Cause I did want to put myself a little bit higher. Cause I didn't know what, where these picks were going to go. And I figured they'd go high in the second. So I move back to one uh, seven. I do, t- I do select Trevor Lawrence. So okay. I got my quarterback. I got my baseline. Just to um, just to fill out, Justin Jefferson went in between you guys, right? And that was that was like the big question that I was going to have. I mean, obviously you're sitting at one five, and you're talking quarterback, 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 which makes total sense in a superflex startup draft. But I was just wondering if you had any regret that you you know could have had Justin Jefferson at five, and then maybe had a totally different strategy kind of throughout the rest of the draft, and had a, a true difference maker as your wide receiver one for years to come. Mm-hmm. Um. Instead of getting uh, Trevor Lawrence, who I, I think has all the upside in the world to be a, 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 a top five quarterback. A, exactly. A yeah. top five type of guy. But he still hasn't proven it yet that he can do that. Um, while while, while just, Justin Jefferson totally has. I have some uh, Trevor Lawrence stats, but they're on my other computer. Um, I, did, I, I put I put a lot of, because I want to do a YouTube show. And I, put, I put a lot of study into Trevor Lawrence these last couple months. Mm-hmm. Of just about um, Doug Peterson's offense and how Trevor Lawrence uh, played in I'm very, let me put it this way. I'm very happy having Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Um, all his stats really pan out to me, like his air yards, his completions. Uh, I think in Calvary, going to be huge. So I have zero regrets. Okay. Zero I, regrets. I took a lot of risk last off season and invested, which could have been, could have blown up in my face, but I believed in him enough. So I was able to get like the, the Trevor bottom, Lawrence discount. Bottom basement. Yeah. yeah. And, and seeing nice. the way, and the season, and I saw how the first five picks went all quarterback, which is standard. I took Trevor Lawrence. I didn't want to risk. There's one thing I don't want to risk. I don't want to risk if I'm going to miss out. You're right. If I miss out on Justin Jefferson, a wide receiver, that's going to be really good for years. Yeah. But I'm, I know for sure I'm going to be in position to probably get, if I want CD lamb, mm-hmm. AJ Brown, someone, someone along those lines. Like once you miss on the young quarterbacks, that's it. Sure. And, and to stay the quarterback situation now, it's not pretty. So I, I could not risk missing out on it. And trust me, I, I, I told myself, I was like, I'm going to use this draft to get players. I don't have. 
Of course, it never works out that right. way. <laughs> and, um, I, and, I, and I know I, I have the privilege of knowing what happened kind of later and kind of some of the struggles you were going through later on. Some hindsight. Um, so I was just wondering, you know, having known how the rest of the draft kind of unfolded and where you ended up um, at the wide receiver position, I was just wondering if you had any little bit of tinge of regret. Literally zero regret. Okay. Right. Because, and definitely because how... With this pick. With yeah, this pick. With this pick. Because how yeah. it played out next is exactly why I don't have regret. Because then it went Justin, it went Jamar Chase right after that pick at 1-8. Then it went Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, CeeDee Lamb, and then the turn took Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray. Okay. And I was kind of hoping Deshaun Watson would kind of like slip back to me in a second now to change my draft uh, all the way as well. Uh, he didn't. So right then when it went Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, I was ecstatic I took Trevor Lawrence, because that was a, that was the end of a tier, essentially. Right. I mean, you have Dak uh, you. Uh, on there. So, otherwise, I would have missed out. So, here I would be sitting with Justin Jefferson, and the guy who took Justin Jefferson ended up going receiver again after that because you missed that quarterback run, and now you're set, settling for that other tier of quarterback. I, I am a little bit surprised how far Dak ended up falling. I mean, it's not super far, but... To me, Dak's the last guy in that tier. And for him to last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight picks all the way to two, nine after Kyler was, was kind of surprising to me because I thought somebody would have gobbled him up real quick. Well, it's because of what happened next. Oh, tell us. So <laughs> Kyler Murray goes at two, one around the turn. Then it goes AJ Brown, Jalen Waddle. And then right before me, because I'd moved, I'd moved up to um, two, five at two, four, Justin Tucker went. Which was twenty three one one. Justin Tucker, congratulations, Bijan Robinson. So Bijan Robinson ends up going at two four. So so in this draft, you're so the one one is what went there. Not yes, one, we one. know it's Bijan. Yeah, but it's the one one. It's one, the one one in the twenty three draft. Right. Yeah, so we use kickers as twenty three picks, and we use defensive players as twenty four picks. So if you selected a defensive player, uh, that pick was off the board, and we kept a pin chat with all the picks in the chat. Chat. So then I was up next, and this is where my whole draft kind of turns and turns into what it was. So I was up next. I'd moved up in the second round, which I was pretty happy with because right before this pick, it did go 1-1. What was the cost to move up there? Do you recall off the top of your head or no? Um, I, I'd moved back to 1-7. That was just the leftover from the pick. That was, okay, all right. So gotcha. I moved up two spots in the second round, gotcha. and he moved back two spots in the gotcha. second round. Now, in most cases... Um, Usually once we see any kind of run, it starts if somebody picks the first first. A lot of people were surprised because the next pick, I took 24-1-1. And some people were shocked. They were like, oh, my God, it went way higher than I thought it would. I thought it would go to the back end of the second. And I wrote in the group chat, I was like, well, if I'm being honest, I would have selected 24-1-1 over the 23-1-1. Which is traditionally not standard wisdom that we would give. Like, you don't want to have to wait a year. Right. But because of specifically who we knew was coming out. Caleb Williams. Changes things. So I'm getting the hype train quarterback that's going to be worth more than B. John Robinson startups. I missed out on, uh, you know, Caleb Williams would go ahead of Deshaun Watson. He would go ahead of Kyler Murray for sure uh, in startups. So I already, yeah, sure. I absolutely. and it's not like, again, this is literally one year down the road. It's the next draft, right? right. So I took the one, one there knowing now I have Trevor Lawrence, I have Caleb Williams. So I have exactly what I want in the first place. I have a core line of quarterbacks. Now, how that changed my mentality is, was, was every time another quarterback was on the board was like, well, I'm going to have Caleb Williams next year. And I'm probably going to, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence and Caleb Williams to start on my team for the next 15 years, essentially. Right. So 
it, it really did change the way I looked at quarterbacks. I, I had my quarterback on my team. It just, he tore his ACL or something. He's not going to be on my team until next year. So having that one, one, it really kind of changed the way I looked at other quarterbacks because now I had two quarterbacks at that one, one. And if anything, it's a power. Like I also looked at these picks as powerhouse trade assets, right? Sure. Like, the more picks I had, the more trading assets, assets I had as well, because now other people don't have picks essentially Correct. for every one I take somebody else cannot have. And some teams didn't use their, take a lot of draft picks. They just took players. It's just a supply and demand type of issue. You know, you, you, you take up all the supply and, and then there's a demand for all your picks. Yeah. So I gave myself a lot of leeway here. Like the, like to move around my team. I have a lot of tradable assets. So getting that one, one there, I knew now I had Trevor Lawrence and Caleb Williams and I don't have to worry about like a quarter. Like I don't have to worry about forcing quarterback at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm shorthanded this year, but again, record doesn't matter this year. So if I finish in third, fifth, sixth, whatever, I have to just wait one year to get my guy and then my franchise could take off. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But I still want, so once I took this player here, I was like, okay, my strategy was, okay, I got the one, one, I got my young quarterbacks. Now I could build a team. I, I told myself, I'm going to build a team. I'm going to try and get a good start in lineup, a solid start in lineup. Don't worry, grab veterans where I can and then back it up with youth. And by youth, draft capital. And I'll grab young guys where I can, but like I'm not overly concerned about taking the upside when I can take the upside in the draft of the unknown. It, it's an interesting um, strategy. It's, it seems like you're almost taking a, a two-year look at this. I mean, it, you're almost looking at it two years. You're not looking at next year as anything other than a, a, a free ride, right? Correct. And I'm wondering if... I'm wondering if other people on in this draft kind of pounced on that and kind of took advantage and maybe went for a little bit more win now, right? Because it seems like you're, I mean, you're, you're, you want to, it's a good time to go for a win now. It, it, it absolutely yeah. is. And, a couple teams did that. Yeah, I'm sure they did. Um, interesting. I mean, your strategy is definitely probably more forward looking uh, while the other teams are, are kind of going for it right, right then and there just to kind of grab a quick trophy. I I've been in leagues where I did that. And then it's, it is sometimes hard to rebound though. That's, that's the one thing. Um, See, I, I didn't think I was, here's the thing though. I didn't think I was taking that big of a risk. I know, I know it sounds like a risk because you take the 2024 one, one, but this would be like the year before Trevor Lawrence was coming out. Right. Sure. Like almost like if you had like same thing, like if I need a running back and I knew I was getting Bijan next year, like it changes the way I draft running backs. So getting a cal you know, a caliber player like Caleb Williams, which we can all agree is easily the one he would have been the number one pick in the NFL draft this year. Like I said, I the way I look at it, I got value with this pick because Bijan went right before him. I would take in what mm-hmm. Caleb ahead of Bijan Robinson. They're both in the same draft class. I mentioned I would take in Caleb Williams ahead of C. Lamb. Right. Kyler so Kyler Murray, all the Deshaun all the players Watson, that he went ahead of him, one one Jalen Waddle, AJ Brown, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Ceedee Lamb, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, Justin, you would take him ahead of? Yes. Okay. You know because he's super mobile as well. We don't know where, what's going on with Lamar. It's close, but right. it, it's it's fifty fifty on sure. that one. So you would have basically um, taken him at one eight. I would have taken him at one eight. Yeah. So I I end up having back to back first essentially in my eyes. Right now. Does it mean for sure that Caleb Williams is going to pan out? No. But at the same time, if I, I told myself as, as well, you, you said, oh, you missed out on Jeff, Je- Justin Jefferson. My thought process is anything happens to Caleb Williams. Say he gets hurt. He has a down year. He goes back to school. One, maybe Drake, ba- Drake May bounces back up. Yeah. But then worse, I was like, worst case scenario is best case scenario is I get Marvin Harrison Jr. Well, and that's that's the nice part about draft assets. And, and we don't talk about it. And I know we talked about it a few years back, but 
they are one thing that you can almost for sure say is always going to appreciate in value. You know, if you get a 25 first right now, 26 first, it's not worth very much, but you know, in two years, three years, it's going to be worth quite a bit because the excitement for the class, the recency of the players that you're going to get, once you start being able to put names to them, very, very rarely is a, a draft pick going to lose value because draft picks can't get hurt. Draft picks can't get suspended draft kit, you know, cause you can always pivot to a different player. So that is the one nice part about picks over players. Whereas I like this even more than if you were able to say, I'm taking Caleb Williams today. I like this even more just in case. Just because it's not set in stone. It's not. So be, and, it, and I had a, and that's why I liked this. And I asked, I'm telling you, I absolutely loved doing it. I want to do another one. Like it mm-hmm. was, it was a ton of fun because you're right. The unknown. You're not set on that player. So if something goes bad and you took it, same thing. If I took Caleb Williams here and something went bad, yeah, my team's devastated. But I'm not. I just have the one one where, like Garrett said, that at no point depreciates in value. All it does is go up in value. And my awful, my also my thought process throughout this was like, okay, draft picks are these are the picks. Like there's no other like I for sure have this pick. You don't have to worry about the risk of it falling or the team doing better than you thought or anything like that. And you'll see with some of the other picks I have, I'll talk about these when we get to them. It's like, okay. It's easy to say, oh, you're training for that first. It could be 1-1. One, one. It could be 1-4. One, no, it's 1-1. One, one. It's 1-1. It's one, one. Yep. And I might be positioned to move off of 1-1 one, one and get, like, maybe Daniel Jones in 1-2. But who knows how it plays out, right? If, if Caleb Williams tears the roof off, I'm probably just going to keep it. So that was my thought process. Or maybe you can get Justin Jefferson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe. But, you know, so, like, my thought process was, like, okay, I just got really good value there. Mm-hmm. Because if we did this draft this time next year, this player is going higher. Speaking of value, real quick before you move on to the next player, did it change how you valued quarterback moving forward? Yes. Because, you know, I know sometimes when you get set at a position, you might have value at, you know, I know you said already Daniel Jones didn't end up being that guy, but you might have value at Derek Carr or Russell Wilson or wherever, where normally you would draft them. And, and I am a big proponent of value-based drafting, but it's tough when you're like, well, I already have two starters basically. So did that alter your, your draft selections at all? It did because I felt I had two quarterbacks, uh-huh. Caleb Williams, but I, I did. My plan is always to have three young quarterbacks. Like my plan was Daniel Jones mm-hmm. um, the whole time. That was my whole thought process with Jared Goff as a backup plan. I got sniped every time. So it kind of did change what I want, how I wanted this to play out. It didn't play out exactly how I wanted to, but no startup usually does. Sure. Um, and I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Like I, I want to come in here and be a little risky with it because I want to see how it played out. Like this yeah. was, for me, it's an experiment. The whole reason I wanted to do this was draft because I want to see it was an experiment to me. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm just putting my money on the experiment. And I knew if I invested in one, one in future capital, then I would be okay no matter how it pans out. Cause if my team fails like this year, I have the draft capital back it up. I have a, I have the draft capital of a failed team already. Right. So it does not matter right. to me. So right after I take, um, the one one, it goes Brees Hall, Amon Rossi Brown. Then it went one twenty twenty three one two. Okay. Dak Prescott, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, twenty twenty four one two went at two twelve. And then twenty three one three went at the turn as well. So the person who took Pac Mahomes now has twenty four one two. One two. And twenty three one three. So he's got some, yeah. Got so, some good so you're basically, he's looking at, you know, if he went all quarterbacks, which he probably won't, but he's probably looking at Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. And then he's looking at, you know, Drake May or Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. 
he's in, he's in a good spot there as well. So mm-hmm. he can get the other quarterback. He can get Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, anybody he wants there. We'll see how it plans out. Probably Marvin Harrison Jr. But if Drake May comes out and balls out, it'd probably be Drake May. Doesn't matter how good the receiver is. No. Then it went Tyreek Hill, Kenneth Walker, and then you know my thought process here again. So I was up in two picks. And my thought process was like, I'm taking Kyle Pitts, right? Like For sure. For sure. And we just talked about this on the podcast. These are Nerd members. Yeah. And <laughs> like a lot of picks that what happened, Kyle Pitts went right before me, which again, threw me off, yep. right? Because I was like, okay, I'm going to get Kyle Pitts. I'm going to have just Trevor Lawrence, Kyle Pitts. And uh, you loaded up on, because this is a super flex tight end premium. And we might not have mentioned that it's tight end premium. He did. Yeah. So, did he? Okay. Right. Um, so, you know, you're, you're basically strong at all the premium positions then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it came to me. I was up next after Kyle Pitts went. I was a little upset, and I was like, okay, I'm going to take either Garrett Wilson or Mark Andrews. A little upset is is basically his permanent state for like the next five or six rounds. It's <laughs> yeah. just a little I kept getting, like literally <laughs> right before I was going to pick a player. He gets what happened later in this round did work out, though. It worked out perfectly for me. So, so I wanted Garrett Wilson or Mark Andrews, and I was like, okay, I'm if I stay here, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Garrett Wilson. That's going to be my young receiver. I'm a big fan. That gives me another young guy. I'm a, I put it out there. Hey, I'm willing to trade back here to move up a little bit in like the fifth round or whatever. And I traded back a little bit thinking if I traded back a little bit, one of those guys would probably still be there. Um, so I ended up did trade him back again. I traded back, I think, one, two, th- one, two, three, four, t- five, like six spots all the way down to three, three, ten, three, ten. Mm-hmm. So the person who took my spot took 2023-1-4, it looks like. And then I went Tua, then I went Garrett Wilson, then I went Trey Lance, then I went to Devontae Smith, and then finally I was up, and Mark Andrews was there. Still on the board. Still on the board. And and there was contemplation when Kyle Pitts got picked, right, that Mark Andrews was going to be your pick anyway, Yeah. right? So it worked out. Yeah. I was going to say Mark Andrews or Garrett Wilson. Yep. If I would have stayed pick, stayed true, I probably would have taken Garrett Wilson, yeah. even though I felt like Mark Andrews was the right pick. We, we literally talked about this. We're like, Mark Andrews is the right pick. Garrett Wilson's more fun. It's funny because <laughs> I talked to you, we both separately about it. I was like, Mark Andrews or Garrett Wilson? And we all three had the same exact response. <laughs> Mark Andrews is the right pick, but I would take Garrett Wilson. Yeah. Um, it's hard not to, you know. He, I mean, he looks like he could be the next Justin Jefferson, sure. like we're talking about. Yep. So you could still get Justin Jefferson just in the third round. So like I preach on the podcast, like I want to get one of the lead tight ends. Mm-hmm. So I have Trevor Lawrence and Mark Andrews. I have a really good tight end. I still got the Caleb Williams. No running backs, no receivers yet. Uh, there goes Travis Kelsey, T. Higgins. Uh, 2024 pick went off the boards. Sorry, I can't. These are labeled defensive players. So I can't remember what picks what. I, I only know my players. Three. One three. I think so. One three. Yeah, you're right. It is one three and twenty four. Then it goes Kirk Cousins, Drake London, Chris Olave, Saquon Barkley, TJ Hawkinson, and then um You're one you're one pick away at this point. I, I'm one pick away. And I was like, okay, I'm got yeah, you know, I'm not I'm interested in taking some like Daniel Jones here to get my other quarterback. This is here. where you wanted the D Jones. And and then uh after TJ Hawkinson, <laughs> Daniel Jones went. <laughs> So, so I, one pick ahead of you, Daniel Jones gets selected. So I traded back again because my guy was gone. Um, then it goes Dallas Goddard, DK Metcalf, Javante Williams, Cooper Cup, Stefan Diggs, Tyler Bass, Austin Eckler. Tyler Bass was a pick. Uh, and that would have been one five in the 23, I think is where we're at. Think so. Yeah. Or maybe one six. Now. And before you say who you pick, Rich. It was one six, I think. Let me tell you about FFPC. 
FFPC launched in 2010. FFPC is the home of the largest high stakes dynasty league community in fantasy football. They have, you know, you, you can $77 leagues, nothing crazy, nothing nuts, but you can decide, you know what? I want to be a high roller. I want to get some, some high stakes stuff going on here. You can have a $2,500 entry team. That's right. $2,500. So all types of leagues, whatever you're comfortable with, they have never had a league fold. I think that's the biggest thing. We've talked about that over and over. But if you've played Dynasty for any length of time, especially if it's with random people, the odds of it lasting past three years is very, very small. Very, very small. With your buddies, you get a little bit better shot at it. But right. with random people, random people, who knows? You never know. This is all people that are invested in their teams. And look, if they decide to leave, that's okay. They refill it like that. No problem. Keep on moving. So you're not going to be like, I built this whole team preparing for the 2023 draft. I have the 1-1. One, one. I have the 1-5. I have the 1-8. I have the 110 and 111. And then the league just folded. And I was all prepared for this year. You don't have to worry about that. Best of all, use promo code NERDS. And you get $25 off any entry if you're a new member. So that $77 team, well, now it's only what? 52 Yep, $52. Look, it's like, I better get this right. And some of the orphans you get for discounting. So maybe a thousand dollar team and you can get for 800 bucks. Exactly. Exactly. So head over there, FFPC, use promo code nerds and get that $25 off today. Cause I get asked all the time, Garrett, where can I go? Cause my buddies, I only have a couple buddies that are interested in dynasty and, and people, people keep closing. Like go to FFPC. You won't have to worry about that ever again. Yep. And I, I tell people to go there all the time. I love it. So now, I've traded back multiple times in this draft. Now, what has this, this done for me? It's given me three fifth-round picks in this round. We're in the fifth round. And it's given me no sixth-round picks and two seventh-round picks. Nice. And I was okay with that because I always feel like the sweet spot of a draft where there's really good value is in the fifth, sixth, and seventh round. Yep. So I kept trading back to move up into like the fifth area because I figured that would put me in a position to get, get some good quality players um, instead of just staying – Per round. Well, and you see it every year. Guys that are somewhere fourth, fifth, sixth range jump into first and second round picks the following year. So Correct. that's where you can really kind of get ahead of the curve. You absolutely can. It, it gets a little dicey after that, though, too. It does. It, it, so, there's some, so you don't want to get too far, you know, too cute and getting those ninth, tenth rounds or anything like that. Because then, then you're, you're hurting. It can feel a little icky. Yep. So went to 23 pick at 5-1 and Austin Eckler. And I was up at 5-3. And I really shocked up my league mates here because... Again, I have I have Mark Andrews, 24-1-1, and Trevor Lawrence. I have no young receivers. It's really odd for me to be in the fifth round of a startup draft. I have no receivers. Um, very un, unlike what, how I like to build a team. Mm-hmm. And then I was up here at 5-3, and I selected Josh Jacobs. Now, this really, like, the league mates are like, oh, my God. Like, what are you doing? Like, this isn't what, this isn't you. You say grab young receivers. Don't grab running backs that are going to their second contract. And here he is. Um, but here he was. So the reason I took Josh Jacobs was I always want to have at least, if I don't grab a one young running back early, then my biggest hole on my team is going to be running back, and you can't win that way. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have no running backs, you can't win. With Josh Jacobs, this is a player I've always liked. Mm-hmm. From his rookie year mm-hmm. all the way now, who's, oh, yeah. who's been a running back one the last three years, who just led the league in rushing, who's still only 25 years old. Right. So... For how many running backs have already gone as well, like I knew, like this is like when it comes back to me, like running back was slim pickings. And there's nobody else I really love there. You know, 
Did I want J.K. Dobbins to be my number one? Did I want Ramondre Stevenson to be my number one? Did I want Travis? It could have been Travis Etienne. Um, it could have been DeAndre Swift. But I know for sure Josh Jacobs is a really good running back. Mm-hmm. And at 25 years old, if I just want to get two more years out of Josh Jacobs, I'm fine with that. Maybe I get three, but I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that his, his, his reception value went up last year, I know, which is something we always believed in. Um, I know I had a true running back one because he's done it every single year. And he's also about to either get franchise tagged to the same team that just will make him unstoppable or he's going to get a long-term deal. So I'm going to get some security in there as well with a two-year guarantee. So I took Josh Jacobs, also knowing that I had three picks in this round. So I told myself, I was like, I got to get a running back. I have to get um, a receiver. And then what do I do with that third pick? So mm-hmm. I took Josh Jacobs there, very comfortable. And then I went Travis Etienne, and then I was up again. So this is where I go, okay, Devontae Adams is on the board. Uh, there's some Michael Pittman Jr. is on the board here I like. I don't have George Pickens shares. I like him. DeAndre Swift is on the board. And I told myself, because with DeAndre Swift, I was like, do I go back-to-back running backs for DeAndre Swift and Josh Jacobs and I have to worry about it? I kept saying, yeah, that's fine, but, but. I'm going to regret that down. Like, yeah. I can't, like, I told myself, no, you grab one running back early, mm-hmm. one running back no. early, and know mm-hmm. how tempting those other <laughs> running backs are. You don't bite because it's too short of a window. So I was like, no, I got Josh Jacobs. That's the problem of not taking DeAndre Swift. So what I did was take 2024 1-4. Woo! So, so what do you have now? What uh, as far as draft capital? I have one one in twenty four right. and one four. Nice. So my thought process here was, and actually, I was talking to Gary about this as well when I was about to clock. I was like, okay, yes, it's next year one four. Yes, Devonte Adams out there, but where would Devonte Adams be next year when he's thirty? Where would Deont- like the running backs are all a risk? I was like, again, one four doesn't depreciate, accelerates. Mm-hmm. So at one four. <laughs> <laughs> pedal to the metal accelerate it, it, once it once doesn't once depreciate or over, appreciate and it just gone, accelerates. It accelerates. accelerates so i was sitting there at one four i was like, okay i got caleb williams i was like man i was thinking about this class again i was like i could i have mark andrews i could for sure then i got 100 either get that running back at trevian henderson mm-hmm. i can get brock bowers oh bowers i can get possibly drake may which probably won't be there but any of those guys there, I, there'll be somebody there that I want to or feel Or Marvin Harrison, me. one of those guys is for sure to be there. For sure to be there or somebody else amazing that's or right. Or I told myself, if I play my cards right and I get enough draft capital, I can move up from 1-4 to 1-3 or 1-2 and get the guy I want. So sure. I told myself at 1-4, it puts me in a lot of positions. If I could back that up with more draft capital... There might be a way to put myself in position, even though I'm just moving up a couple spots, to still get Marvin Harrison Jr. or my third quarterback. Right. Or, I can sit, or I can sit pretty and get my running back that I want, my second running back that I was going to take there, and get Brock Bowers there, or, or however it plays out. So mm-hmm. yep. I knew at 1-4, and by the time we get to next year's draft class, this year, next year's 1-4 will be drastically more valuable than this year's 1-4 because of the talent that will be there. So I couldn't pass that up. And I didn't want to risk it not being here. My my third, my other pick. So I just went and took one four. Okay, I like it, man. So for the record, so I have one four there. Then it goes where I'm sorry, I lost my place here. So then um, it goes Pat, Pat Fryermuth, Pat Fryermuth, um, uh, Michael Pittman Jr. And then you're up again. Then I'm on the clock here again. Yep. So I knew I was taking a receiver here, and I didn't know who I wanted to go. Got with. snipe with Michael Pittman, right? 
That would have been a nice little pick, I think. I, as, I wasn't. As your guy. I would have taken Michael Pittman. Yep. That, that's been my guy there. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, again, I, I got sniped. So it left me looking at. I honestly was looking at Chris Godwin, Christian Watson, George Pickens, and Debo Samuel. Right. Who I was looking at there. I think. I think we, we had conversations about this one as well, and, and you had a couple of other guys too that you were kind of tossing around. DeAndre Swift was yeah. still kind of a possibility there, but right. I was like, again, I can't, I was like, I was like, I mean, I could trade DeAndre Swift. I was like, but if anything goes wrong at all from here until August with DeAndre, my team's sat back a little bit. I mean, McLaurin was still on the board. Was DJ Moore off the board? Still on the board. DJ Moore still on the board. He was still on the board. Still yeah. on the board. I contemplated DJ Moore, but the highest upside receiver was De- Debo Samuel. Totally. That, that was my guy. So it's my highest upside guy. Terry McLaurin and Debo are pretty much the same age. So that was a no brainer there. And then I like George Pickett to Christian Watson, but then I was like, then I'm going really young. And I wanted to try and see if I could build a team again that could somewhat compete this year. I want to see if I could toe the line. That was, that was my thought process. Can I toe the line here and build a team that could compete now? And maybe it wins. Maybe it doesn't when it gets into playoffs. We're still having good draft capital, right? Because right. I've already got the one, one, and one, four. So I took Debo Samuel. And, and that was who I suggested as well. I mean, like we, we kind of talked that one out. And, I, and so I agree with that. And, and you came back and we're like, none of these guys, like none of these guys feel like rock solid. I'm like, that's why they're still on the board right now. Like exactly. everyone's, everyone's going to kind of feel like that right now. There's a ton of guys, all the guys that you just mentioned have upside to be a wide receiver one or like a high end wide receiver two type of guy. I mean, Next, Debo's done it. Right. Absolutely. But, but there's going to be question marks and that's why they're still out there right now. And with Debo, I was like, you know, I'm, at worst case, I'm getting a wide receiver too. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a championship caliber player. Right. He's only 27. So I still have a couple more years of Debo as well. So if I, if I take him now, I still have the youth coming in behind him. Mm-hmm. So after Debo, um, I won't have a pick an entire sixth round, but to fill out this round, it went a 2023 pick here. Then Deandre Swift, then George Kittle, Najee Harris, George Pickens, Christian Watson, Nick Chubb, Chris Godwin, Terry McLaurin, uh, 2023 pick, first round pick, Jerry Judy, Russell Wilson. Then it went DJ Moore and Jameson Williams because I was a little sad because I, I was dead set on DJ Moore coming back to me, and that's, that was mm-hmm. my selection. It did not. So I finished out the, the sixth round with DJ Moore and Jameson Williams. The start of the seventh round, it went J.K. Dobbins, Ramondre Stevenson, and then I was up. So Ramondre feels a little bit icky to me right there for some reason, but I, I get it. I was okay with it with the upside of having a running back one there. I was okay. No, with I it. mean I get it. I just I feel like ugh. don't be smart, Ramondre. So he carried my teams this year. New England man, <laughs> just New England running back. Like you. who knows what's going to happen with that next year? That's true because that was last year. If anything, it should be better with Harris gone, but we'll see. But they're going to have a real offensive coordinator. Who knows? Which will unleash him. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Possibly, or maybe they'll throw the ball every once in a while. Well, they need receivers first. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. We'll see how that plays out. We'll see. All right. So anyway, so, so anyway you, you're I, I up have to the Debo here, yep. and I'm looking at younger receivers here, and I'm going, okay, I like Traylon Burks here. I like um, Marquise Brown here. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know what? I could, I could, as I'm thinking about process, but I could build a team that could compete now. Traylon's a, somewhat of risk. Marquise Brown, some of a risk. I was like, I'm going to take Amari Cooper here. Mm-hmm. He's 28 years old. He's in his prime. A very va- valuable asset in Dice. He finished years as a wide receiver one last year with Deshaun Watson coming to full offseason. I was like, right. okay, Amari Cooper, if Debo Samuel is not my wide receiver one, there's a very good chance Amari Cooper's a wide receiver one. 28 years old. So I have a 27 year old and 28 year old receiver to go with Trevor Lawrence. I have those two draft picks and Mark Andrews. So, and Josh Jacobs. 
Mm-hmm. So, so, so my core is Trevor Lawrence, Josh Jacobs, Amari Cooper, Debo Samuel. And with Debo Samuel and, and, and Cooper, like you have two guys that could potentially be wide receiver ones, like mm-hmm. pretty solid wide receiver ones. Worst case scenario, they're high end wide receiver twos. Like Correct. that's a worst case scenario in both those guys. Right. And, and that's a pretty good place to be in. And they're not young, but again, I have 20, 24, one, one, and one, four. Right. So the youth aspect is always on my eyes. I was like, you know, I'm going to play this out. I'm going to get quality veterans. That I don't have to worry about proving out. Mm-hmm. And, I'll, and I'll take the risk in actual draft classes. And if, and if they're still young enough that if something goes south on those, on, on your league or, or on your season next year, you could unload either one of those guys for very good draft. My draft. whole yep. thought process was, again, draft guys are older, but still hold value so if things fall apart exactly like matt said i have wiggle room so i gave my again when you hear my whole team i gave myself a lot of wiggle room i can i can i can switch either way i can either trade these draft picks for more proven players or go for the ship or i can trade some of these veteran players for 25 picks or other 24 picks are already in the draft class either way so i took amari cooper then it went marquise brown then it went a 23 pick Traylon burks then a 24 pick and then i was up again so here, I told myself we are if the the only twenty three picks left. The next pick was one nine. Okay. So I had one pit. I had one running back. I know I want to come away with at least a first round pick in both draft classes. I already have two and twenty four. So I was like, I'm taking one nine here. I was like, maybe somehow Anthony Richardson can fall to me here. Maybe Hendon Hooker goes in a good spot. I was like, but here's here's a really good spot to grab a young receiver, like a Jordan Addison. Or mm-hmm. Quentin Johnson, they fall, or I can get Zach Charbonnet, and this could be my running back too. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think one nine here is gonna be a really good spot to get a good quality player to fill in that use. So spot. this is so one nine in the twenty three, the twenty three, twenty three class, and 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 you're right. That's probably the range that we're going to see the top running backs, other than Gibbs and and Bijan. That's probably where we're going to see whoever that next you know, couple guys that go in the second or early third, that's probably going to be the prime spot to take those. Yeah. So that makes and a lot of sense. And I, and I told myself, I was like, okay, so I don't have, you know, two older receivers are Debo and Amari. I got Mark Andrews and Trevor Lawrence. I got those two other picks. I was like, with one nine here, I can go anyway. I, I could take, I could take a running back or receiver, whatever the better value is. I mean, I get Jordan Adds, like I said, there's a, there's going to be a player there that now input in influx into my, like my team to add that youth. Mm-hmm. So again, I want to grab my youth on this team where I could, in draft capital. Mm-hmm. So I'm still playing that game here. So I go ahead and take um, one nine. Then it goes Damian Pierce, Jahan Dotson, 23 pick, Tony Pollard, Jared Goff goes off the board. Kenny Pickett goes off the board. I would have liked to get one of those guys. I didn't get him. Derek Carr went. So obviously there's a quarterback run. Brandon Ayuk, then Geno Smith. So at this point, yeah. all the quarterbacks are gone. And I told him, I, I, I'm looking at myself. I was like, okay, at least I got Caleb Williams, you know, right. and, and Trevor Lawrence. So, that run was gone, and I was like, okay, I'll get Sam Howell later. Didn't work out that way either. Um, <laughs> so it goes Geno Smith, then it went uh, 23 pick, then it went Matt Stafford, then it went Jordan Love. So, again, these quarterbacks are just gone. They're absolutely gone. Derrick so Henry. So where are you at? Because that was that was your pick, Jordan Love, and obviously it wasn't. I mean, you didn't pick there. So that you was, didn't have an eighth. I didn't have an eighth round pick. Okay. Right. So no eighth round pick as well because all my trade ups get into gotcha. Gotcha. in the two sevenths and two fifths. So I moved up out of the sixth and out of the eighth. Three okay. picks. All right. So then I went Rashad Bateman, Deontay Johnson, Aaron Rodgers, Dalvin Cook, Mac Jones, Christian Kirk, Joe Mixon, and then I was up again. So here's the one pick. 
So we're in the middle of the ninth, or we're approaching the middle of the ninth round, and it's starting to feel. This is where it starts to get a little icky. Yeah, yeah. This okay, is where lucky. it doesn't feel great. Like you, you, this is where you start almost not wanting to make the picks, but you have to. You know, like you got to fill out a roster. You have to fill out a roster, which is, in my opinion, kind of like a tipping point in this kind of draft, right? Because you could really start going crazy draft capital, and just whatever. I'll figure out my, my starting lineup later. Or you, you sprinkle in, you know, a little bit of both and, and kind of see how that kind of works out. It sounds like, or it looks like I think Rich kind of towed the line and kind of tried to fill out both, right? Yes. Okay. So with this pick here at 9-5, um, I had Mark Andrews and I needed another tight end. Mm-hmm. And looking at it, I thought the highest upside there was David Njoku, a 26-year-old tight end that just signed a long-term deal on right. a, with a quarterback that's going to take the upside. And... You know, I didn't want Darren Waller's a little older. This is young tight end who's mm-hmm. talented, tight end premium. I took David Njoku. I realized I could have taken another draft pick here. You know, I could have got probably like 111, 112, and 24, but I already had two picks, and I wanted my other tight end. And not a tight end that's a developmental tight end. I want a tight end that could plug and play outside of Mark Andrews because, mm-hmm. you know, in Superflex tight end premium leagues in that flex spot, if you have a solid tight end that's tight end like – five or six, that's a good place to plug somebody like that. So I right. took David Njoku. And like Matt said, there's a lot of guys, you know, I was considering Calvin Ridley there mm-hmm. as well. Could I have Trevor Lawrence, but I already had my older receivers there. I didn't want to put myself in a position where I was super thin at tight end. I didn't want to do that. So I right. took David Njoku. I was like, maybe it's a slight reacher, but I'd rather grab him now. And at the point I've been sniped five times on the players I wanted. Right. I was <laughs> get, get your guy that you I want. wasn't gonna let it happen. Because you don't you don't pick again for like another fifteen picks or something like that. And and was it in the back of your head? Like obviously you know, you ended up going with, with Njoku. Was it in the back of your head like, oh crap, what if like a, a big time run on like draft picks happens here? And there's fifteen that I miss out on here. It, was that in the back here? Because those are unknown, but that like like we've been talking about, they're locked in certain positions in the draft. I know, uh, you know, obviously the twenty twenty three were we're already down to like the tenth pick or something like that. Maybe even a little lower know, than that. Actually, yeah, like like one twelve. Um, no, because then I'm looking at because here's how I look at now. I love Dalton Kincaid. I absolutely love him. I mean, he's he's not playing. The, he's not going to the combine because he hurt his back. He's a small fracture. So hopefully it makes him drop just a little bit, but the NFL draft will push him up. Um, I was like, if I take one twelve here, I'm taking like Dalton Kincaid. Why not just take David Njoku? Who's more of a, pro- again, a proven asset. Sure. And I wasn't worried about what you said, Matt, because I'd already put myself in position where everybody else, everybody else would have been at like, Oh man, I'm, I'm starting to miss out on these first round picks. Now we're at 110, 111, 112. I, I am a little surprised the 23 first didn't go quicker. Because they do in most drafts. Now, I get it that the 24 is involved as well. Yeah. But, like, to me, in my mind, would I rather have, you know, 111, 112, whatever it is there, would I trade that straight up for David Njoku in a super flex time premium? I don't know that I would, but I know you guys like to stack tight ends a little more than I do. So would you, in retrospect, would you rather have 112 or would you rather have? I'd rather have David Njoku. Njoku, okay. Because, again, I would just take a tight end there. So, like, I'm one hand for another. You know what I mean? Like, do I get to more up? And Joker still offers a high upside. And again, I'd put myself in position. I already have one, one, I have one, four and I have one nine. So like I have, I have the good draft capital mm-hmm. where everybody else would be chasing the mid range to lower draft capital. So I was, and I understand what you're saying. And that was my whole thought press. Would I trade this player for this pick? Right. And for Njoku, I was like, if I own David Njoku and he's my number two tight end, I'm not going to trade him for one twelve 
Because I'm again, I'm just going to draft another tight end there, and now I have to wait for him to pan out and hope he pans out. Like I don't have to do that. Assuming that you go tight end there, there could be you know other running backs or receivers or, or guys that could be there as well. But the running backs there are like James Cook, things you know, Tyler Algier. No, 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 I mean in the in the rookie class. Oh yeah, and you're the, right. This year, Tank Bigsby and you know those guys. I, I told myself I'd figure Evans, that out. Yeah. I, I here's the thing. I was more concerned about not having a, another tight end than anything else. Sure. So I took David and Joker there. Then I went twenty twenty four pick Calvin Ridley, Darren Waller, James Cook, twenty three pick Brock Purdy, twenty four Mike Williams, twenty three pick Cole Komet, Greg Dulcich, twenty four pick, twenty three pick, twenty four pick, twenty four pick. 23 pick, Kadarius Toney, Aaron Jones, Dalton Schultz, Cam Akers, Mike Evans, Cortland Sun, Rashad White, and then I was up again. I think you might have skipped your next pick. So next pick. What was it? The one at 10-8 where you took Joey Bosa, which would have been. Oh, that was my. Oh, I did my pick. Okay. I think, yeah, I think you skipped around or something. I totally like went through here. And I'm sorry for that. No, no, you're um, good. So I ended up taking 112 in the 10th round. So that gave me three first round picks. Now this pick to me is a very important pick. This is a very important pick to me. And I'll tell you why. 112 is still a first round pick. That is. A lot of people don't have first round picks in this draft class. I already have two first round picks in 24. I told myself if I take 112. This will, I will get more out of this 112 that I can get for anything behind me. Um, I can get, uh, I can either get a player already selected ahead of this 112 mm-hmm. or I can move up, like I said, from 1-4. So I took 112 knowing with this draft class, this is my this is the this is my bargain and chip. Mm-hmm. This will be the piece that gets me what I need either next year in draft draft class or a player I want this year. Because at the same time, where I'm somewhere like competing here to like see how it plays out, other teams will drop out and not have a chance. And now this 112, even though it's 112, will look way more enticing than the running back they took ahead of me or DeAndre Swift or whatever running back that may be. And subconsciously, there's something different about 112 and 2-1. Even though they're one pick apart, subconsciously, it's a first-round pick. It's a world of difference. It is. It It really is. It could put me in position to get, like, Christian McCaffrey, if I knew. You know I mean, like, Mm -hmm. so a lot of players that went way ahead of this 112, it opens that door. Uh, And not with just 112, but I'll, I'll grab stuff around. So sitting here... There was nobody I, and I loved. And after this round, we'll kind of just like review. Yeah, I was going to say, probably just go through the whole we'll, thing. We'll just review my notes. team here. So, sitting here, I, there, again, you know, I was kind of thinking like, okay, Isaiah Pacheco possibly, Tyler Algier, that young running back. And I told myself, like, I still don't have my third receiver. I know I have one nine. DeAndre Hopkins was still on the board. I know DeAndre Hop's 30 years old, but he's still, he's still a quality receiver. And I still got a year, maybe two out of them left. Um, of quality production. So I was like, if I'm going to build a team that's going to try and win now too, he's a perfect wide receiver three. Yeah, absolutely. So it gave me Amari Cooper, Debo Samuel, and DeAndre Hopkins. And for me, I felt really good about that that core with my draft capital. So let me tell you how my team played out because we're going to end the show. I, I, yeah, and I do love your next pick because I think that guy and the guy that went right before it are two of the best values in startups right now. Who went next? You you took David Montgomery next, yes. and right before that, Miles Sanders went. I think they are the two of the best values in startups right now because people aren't sure where they're going to be. There's a chance they could both end up right back in the same spot, producing like they always have, or they could go to somewhere else. And yeah, then it's up in the air a little bit. But either way, they're still going to be productive running backs that are going to at least be RB twos. And you got them in the twelfth round, 
So I think that was fantastic value. Yeah, for David Montgomery, the unknown, the free agency, him only being 25 years old, I was like, man, for how many teams, like 15 teams that need a running back, like he's going to get a shot somewhere to get some carries. So I was like, I feel very comfortable with him on mm-hmm. my roster. It made me feel more better about missing on these running backs. So I grabbed David Montgomery at running back. I also grabbed, uh, not too much long, uh, too much later, I grabbed James Conner. And again, you know, mm-hmm. Arizona running back. So my, my running back. He has at least one year until like they have a, the ability to really be able to cut him. And I'm, it, and I'm looking at your picks here. It's like you went running back, pick, running back, pick, running back, pick for like the next four or five, four or five uh, alternating rounds there. So, and at the end of the draft, I went all picks. Yeah. So let's start without before I get my, let me give you my picks I ended up with. I have in 23, 1, 9, 2, 7, 2, 9, 2, 12, 311. So I have three picks in the second round. I think there's some, some, some really good value there at tight end. For sure. So I told myself I have, so I, I end up with Mark Andrews and I end up with Mark Andrews, David and Joku, David, another tight end. No, I did not know the tight end because I told myself I can grab value. Again, I have my two guys that are proven. Now I can let the devo- devo- developmental guys fall into place. So at 272912, I'll be able to get a running back. And I'll be able to get probably two tight ends that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, even though everybody's listening to this, that's the way I'm going. Right? <laughs> um, in 24 now, uh, I really loaded up. Yeah. I have 1-1, one, 1-4, one, one, 112. So three first round picks. Nice. I have 3-6, 3-10, 311, 411 So I have a lot of picks. Yeah. Roster-wise, here's how my starting lineup is today. I don't have that second quarterback, which kind of hurts, but the way I thought about it was like David Montgomery or James Conner could be my second quarterback if they average 15 points a game. Mm-hmm. That could be my second quarterback. So my starting lineup is Trevor Lawrence, Josh Jacobs, James Conner, Debo Samuel, Amari Cooper, DeAndre Hopkins, Mark Andrews, David Montgomery, and David Njoku. So, okay. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. nothing. You're going to be like, oh, that's guaranteed a winner. That's a team with some of these other teams that can make the playoffs. And once you get to playoffs, I have the draft capital to kind of move around after. So again, mm-hmm. I gave myself a lot of different ways for this, this way. On my bench, I don't have a lot on my bench. Right, so a lot of draft picks. On my bench, now again, strategy here was, with all these draft capital, it opens up a bench spot. Right. So I'm a, I get, like, there's Jarvis Landry out there. There's tons of like older veterans out there that I'm gonna be able to add onto my roster. It gives me a lot of flexibility to grab players. And especially with being, you know, a little bit weaker for this year at quarterback, you can take all of those guys that will maybe be the bridge starter, you know, all of the, the drew locks of the world and all like all of those guys, just put them all on your bench, see which one sticks. And on my bench, I have, I have Carson Wentz, which again, he's a turd, but you know, it's my turn now. <laughs> but he's first Carson Wentz here. Um, he might get a shot somewhere. Who knows? Never know. It's worth the risk. I, I, and I got, yeah, I got Carson Wentz like super late. Like, yeah, it's all 24th round. Yeah, super late. Um, Clyde Edwards Alaire. I have risk. I have Zamir White. That was, that was, a, that was, I kind of took Zamir White around early. Mm-hmm. So I was not going to miss out on him. Yeah. Especially with Jacobs. I think it makes a lot of sense to pair them together. And if I love Zamir White. So I hope right. Jacobs leaves. And right. then I have two, and then you have running, two backs. running backs. If not, and if Jacobs goes down, I still have Zamir White, who's a running back I believe in. I have Odell, Odell Beckham Jr., OBJ, so another receiver who will go somewhere and probably still offer some value this year in a flex or another wide receiver right. spot. Um, I have Curtis Samuel, another free agent, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scanlon, and McCole Hardman, another 25-year-old free agent who could end up somewhere and get a contract like a Christian Kirk contract. You don't think it works out, 
but it works out. All of a sudden, he's getting fed targets because he made so much money. Right. So that's my team. Yeah. Um, there, there's some things I would have done slightly differently. Mm-hmm. But again, I tried to build a team that could go different ways, and I want to invest in the future. And, I'm a, and, I'll, and I'll revisit this team when we do the rookie drafts. I'll tell you what rookie picks I have to kind of pan out. And I'll tell you when I make trades on this or how this 24 class pans out. But Perfect. I feel with these rookie picks that I have, like I'm in a really good spot to build this team up with quality players and have longevity. You know, Caleb mm-hmm. Williams, Trevor Lawrence. Um, I know I missed on that young stud receiver, but there's a chance I have enough assets here to go get Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm-hmm. And yeah. but again, I want to see how the tw- I mean, that'd be fantastic, man. I, if you could, if you could pair those two guys together, that's the plan. You're taking off at one four. Yeah. I wish I had one three instead of one four, but it didn't work out that way. But I feel like I have enough. Again, that one twelve to me is huge. Because if Drake May pans out the way he was, he does, and he goes one two in that draft class, I think I have the assets to move up one spot. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. With that 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 one twelve there, you could easily. That's like the perfect range. Late first, early second can move you up a couple picks there to get you that guy. If not, I get Trevor Henderson. I get Brock Bowers. I mean, and who knows? And I mean, know. there could be another couple of quarterbacks that kind of emerge this season as well. And one four might be a very good spot if if a couple more guys come up ahead you could be staring at marvin harrison with that one four or another quarterback so right and, and that's my thought process one four as well it's like okay i have caleb williams i have trevor lawrence there's a good chance i get another quarterback as well yeah so we'll see how it plays out i'm, I'm excited it was really fun and i definitely want to do it again i, I encourage one. everybody to try it out like it's very it's very interesting how the draft goes because Having those 24 picks in there really does shake things up, push everything back. And you're right, Matt, you could go all in and just draft players and not take any picks, but then you have no draft capital for the next two years. Now, if you draft guys like DJ Moore and young enough, you're, you're okay. But if anything goes sour here, yeah, we know you're, you're drafting DJ 25. Moore, Matt. Oh, that's me. But I mean, I've seen Rich. I mean, I, I played in enough of uh, enough leagues with Rich to know that he, if he's a contender, he doesn't have any picks like right. for the next two or three years. So I know he's very, com- very comfortable having a team that, that looks like that and, and right. operates with, with, with nothing for the next couple of seasons. And he's looking at 25, 26, like right. picks as kind of, they're going to be kind of feeding the pipeline for him to keep making a push and keep trading assets. So I, I know that you feel comfortable doing this and this does feel like a big time departure kind of from where, from what I see normally, uh, from you in a league. It is because yeah. I want to make sure I had those draft capital. Right. Like I want to have the draft. Cap. I told myself, I want to see how it play. The whole point was to see where I want to see how much people value the unknown over proven players. And what mm-hmm. it turns out, just like in dynasty, people always choose the unknown over the proven players. Right. It was very hidden this draft. I'll tweet out a link to this draft so you can see the whole draft board. So it's mm-hmm. a little bit easier for to see. Um, so I will treat tweet out a link on my Twitter account for this. Um, so take a look there and We'll see how it plays out. And you're right. I, I, I use, I'm, I'm comfortable operating an older team. I just, w- I think the biggest thing I wish I had in this draft was a second quarterback. I feel way better about my team if I had a second quarterback. Trades can think, always happen. But I think I have enough. I think I have enough to get that second quarterback. And okay, we'll see how it plays out. I really want to see if I can trade up and get Anthony Richardson as well from Ooh. 1-9. Yeah, there you but go. Again, I think having 1-9-2-7-2-9-2-12 this year, like I'm going to get some depth. So I yeah. feel good about it. That, um, might, that might be a pipe dream. One nine uh, with Richardson. Yeah, well, especially combine. if he goes nine to the Panthers. Right. He won't be there at one nine. But but then Jordan Addison will be there. Jackson Smith and Jigbo will be there. Zach Charbonnet will be there. One of those guys will be there. Or if I want to say Dalton and Kate, I don't even care. Yeah. 
Um, so that's it. We're going to jump into our Nerd Michael Nerd Show. Michael Mayer, too. I mean. Michael Mayer, too. Mm-hmm. Nerd Show. Again, if you want to listen to the Nerd Show, next next week we're going to be jumping to our second round of quarterbacks that we're breaking down. Underdog. 10 bucks. Promo code nerds. <sighs> Get all that deal. in the GM. Let me know it's what ridiculous. you think. We'll be back next week. Officially kicking off rookie season. Breaking down the 2023 rookie quarterbacks. Who's the first one we're breaking down? Do you remember? Uh, Bryce Young. Bryce Young. All five foot ten of them. Did he officially measure in at five foot ten? Not yet. Not yet. I think the measurements for quarterbacks are tomorrow. Tomorrow. I think they're tomorrow. Does, does he actually get to five? I know he might be shorter than Kyler. I have a lot to say. About <laughs> does he actually get there, or is he five nine and five eights? What a risky, risky, risky pick. What? With tons of upside. I'm, I'm not. He's been bluffing us this whole time. He's six one. I am not a tall person, but five, nine, man. Like I can see the top of a five, nine person's head. You know what I mean? Like I heard he's a hundred percent, not over five, 11, a hundred percent. So we'll see. Somebody said he, somebody said they had a friend in the scouting combine. They measure him at like Alabama. He's five, 10 and a half. That's what they said. Okay. But he could be wearing shoes. So it could be five. Did he have cleats on? Who knows? Uh Oh, well, we'll find out a hundred percent next week. Adios.